0: And It's good good worship today, guys. Thank you for that again. And I appreciate your prayer at the beginning, too, Kobe, kind of getting us focused. It's been uh, one of those weeks this week, and I want to talk about that just a second before we get started, because uh, we are experiencing what God told us was coming. When we started this, uh, we took our time out, our four, our four uh, weeks to talk about spiritual warfare. There's um, some things that the Lord revealed to us that was coming, and there was a reason why we did that study. It's because... Um, because anytime that you know, we, we talked about the five things out of Chip Ingram's book, the uh, invisible war, how he talks about there's five particular times whenever uh, Satan really comes at us and we have to engage the enemy in battle, and uh, and this is one of the. I mean, we literally our church as a whole, in at least in purpose, and I think for many of us in practice, uh, our church is is at the place where those five things are present. Uh, and so it's real. The battle's real. We are, we are not going to be able to just sit back and, um, and not do battle. We have to do battle. And so this week's been interesting for a number of us, I think probably all of us, who are after God, really pursuing this call of God for us to be a church that, our community that blesses, and, you know, to be engaging the community around us, being, the, meet, and that that community, by the way, let me define that because somebody asked me this week, so how do we engage the neighborhood where we are? Okay, ask Will and Bethany about that. They are doing that well, and if you feel called to that, be a part of it. But I'm talking about the community where you are. The church, our church is in multiple locations in this community called Central Louisiana or whatever you want, you know. Pineville, Alexandria, we are in multiple places during the week. And our church is in this community, so it's, it's the people you're around. It's the people you, you, How many times have we said this? The people you, you live around, the people that you work around, the, the people that you eat with, you know, the coffee shop that you go to every day. I said that last week, you know, just we're talking about engaging the community. When you're, we're, if we're really going after that, are we going after that church? Are we going after that church? Okay. I lost about half of you this week. <laughs> yes. Y'all, are we going after that? Say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. At least it makes me feel better. Now, I know we are. We are. We're going after that. We're going after God personally, and that that's, brings on the attacks of the enemy. We're going after uh, after growth and, and personal relationship with God. That, that brings on the attack. We're, you know, we're joining God in, in ministry, and we're on mission with God, and we're trying to be more evangelistic and You know, share Christ with the community around us. And Satan hates that, and he's after us. And so it's no wonder that this week has been crazy for so many of us, right? I mean, I'm on everybody's Facebook feed, and all of you are not. And so you think that your Facebook feed is the only one that's saying, man, this has been a horrible week. This has been terrible. It seems Satan's after us. He's going after us. And he is. He's going after us. I mean, people haven't really, I don't even, I hadn't seen a lot of people saying, this is spiritual warfare. I've just seen people talking about the attacks and the feelings. They've been described as gray. They've been described as apathetic. They've been described as a funk in our Facebook feeds this week. Now, if y'all been feeling that this week, let's get it out of our system. Just say, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not, a, let's get it out of our system. And, and it's okay to say those things. Thank you for sharing those things on Facebook. Thank you for the belt of truth that we're wearing, right? We're being, we're being open and honest about where we are. We need to do that with one another. And, and I've been feeling the same stuff this week. I feel the same feelings that you feel. I feel, it feels like darkness. It feels like no joy. No matter how much I search for it, it feels like, it feels like I, I you know, I'm, it's too complicated at times this week to try and figure out how to overcome. Um, you know, it feels, it feels like, ah, it just feels like a heaviness that's, that's come upon us. It's not from God. It's not from God. And, and although I, I want to continue to say, please share those things. Get them out there. Don't hesitate. Everybody hear me say that? Put it out there. But I just want to encourage us to do one other thing. The Lord spoke to me this morning. I shared this with the worship team. Now I want to share it with us before we get in our text for the day. Because this is for us as a body, as we go after God. We need this. Y'all ready? All right, this is what I read this morning in Psalm chapter 19 in the Moravian readings this morning. This passage came up. I want to read to you some things that, that came out of that, out of that passage that are so much for us. So if you posted something on Facebook this week, if you've been feeling it, and you're in the battle, and you feel like you can't overcome, and you don't know what the solution is, He gives us a solution today. And it's not anything new. We already have the solution because it's in our spiritual warfare. All this stuff that we studied, we're coming right back to it. Watch how, he, watch how God speaks to that through the psalmist, David, who, by the way, always says everything he feels, right? Where are you, God? You know, Have you forsaken me? But then at the end, what does he do? You are my rock. You're my salvation. You are with me. You, I am your child. He always ends his, his rant. He gets his feelings out to God, and then he says, but, here's truth. You're with me, right? And so he does that in this psalm as well. Verse 7, chapter 19. Let me just read a little bit of this. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The law of the Lord, his words, right? God's guidance, God's word to us. The testimony of the Lord. Again, another way that that David... Another word he uses to talk about the word of God in a specific situation. The testimony of the Lord is sure. You wondering what to do? Don't know where to stand? It's his testimony is sure. His word is sure. His law is perfect. And it revives the soul. And it makes wise the simple. Some of us are trying so hard to be to, to dig into something that's going to dig us out of this. We're trying to, it's trying to make it more complicated than it is. God's word will give you wisdom. Just be simple. Be easy. Don't, don't try to be complicated. Don't let Satan think, make you think it's complicated. Just be a child. We're going to talk about that some more today. It comes up in our text. The precepts of the Lord. Again, another way of describing his word, his, his commandments, his guidance in our lives. His principles are right. Rejoicing are bringing joy to the heart. There's the joy to the heart. The commandment of the Lord is Pure enlightening the eyes so what I just described to you is what I've been feeling I've been feeling dark and it says he brings light to the eyes I don't feel any joy it says his word brings joy it, it brings joy to our hearts that you, you feel dead on the inside the reviving of the soul comes from God's word and then I just want to just read the last verse Verse 14, because this is where David says basically the final truth that, that we need to understand. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and the text of my Facebook feed and the things that I say to people around me. Let, let these words that are in me, that are coming out, let the stuff that's in my heart that comes out, let it, be cha- let it change it. Let it be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, what? My rock and my redeemer. Now, nothing new in this text. This is spiritual warfare. Here it is. The word of God is what we need, right? The breastplate of righteousness is the word of God actively lived out, okay? So we just need to stay in the word. We need the word for that. Also, the sword of the spirit is the rhema word of God. It is God's word given to us in the moment, for the moment. And, and this morning, I had a word from the Lord to deal with that, to deal with how I'm feeling, and I feel differently. I'm rejoicing today. I'm, you know, it's, it's bringing joy to my heart. It, it's, it's giving me peace, and it's, it's opening my eyes to see the reality of what's going on, that this is not hopeless, like the enemy's been telling me all week long, that, that it's not going to work, that you're never going to be able to pull yourself out of this, yeah, all the things the enemy's been telling you this week are lies. Don't Just understand this. There's not any, any special formula. It is the formula that's always been the formula, and it's the Word of God. Just get in the Word. Read it. Let it bring joy to your heart. Let the Word of God touch you where you are. Watch how God takes the words that you're reading and makes it specific for where you are in your moment. You may not feel differently, okay? Feelings are, can be tricky, but I, I promise you guys, I mean, in my opinion, joy is more than feeling, but it's joy. It's contentment. It's peace. It is it's a sense of expectancy and hope. That this, all that's bottled up in joy. That's what God wants to give all of us. It's, it's nothing new. It's the abiding cycle. Jesus told us to abide in him. Why? He said, I told you these things that, you, that my joy might be in you. and Your joy might be made complete. God wants to give us that. So I know we need that word this week. And I just want to encourage you. Do not give up the battle. The battle is only starting, and it's, you know, it, it, what you're feeling this week or what you've experienced this week is not ending. It's going to continue as we continue to walk with God. And I think Satan's going to learn ultimately that he's going to lose these battles in each one of our lives as we continue to walk that out. So I hope that's a good word for you. I hope that you will receive that and, and walk in that because we're all in the same boat. None of us are doing any better than anybody else. We might have a good week, but then we're going to have a tough week. But let's don't give the enemy credit without giving God, without speaking truth. So I encourage you, in your, when you put something on, the, on Facebook, uh, in your feed, for your group to say, pray for me, this is what I'm feeling, and you're honest, and you share exactly what's going on in your life, or this circumstance happened, and it's overwhelming, that also on the end of that, give a word that God's given you in relation to that. Before you, before you post what the problem is, give a word that God's also given you in relation to that. God has a word for you. About your, about your issue, and post that with it, all right? Because God is good, and God is, we're fighting from the place of victory. We're not fighting for it, although sometimes it feels like we are, right? All right, I hope that helps you. Now, we're studying the book of Acts with our eyes wide open to see what God would teach us about being a community that blesses. A community that God uses to bring about spiritual awakening like he did at Pentecost. Awakening, but not for the world necessarily, but at least for the people of central Louisiana. The people that are around us. The people that God has also brought around us. The coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost found those people in Jerusalem who had come from all different nations without hope. They were spiritually dead. I mean, the Jewish people were coming from all these nations in which they had been exiled and dispersed. Where they had been living as reluctant strangers in foreign lands. They were feeling abandoned by God. And they were just going through the motions. And even coming to to Pentecost, coming to Jerusalem for, for that feast. It was just another religious activity. They were stuck in going through the motions of, of legalistic religion. And there was no expectation, I don't believe, in their hearts for a visitation from God. Not the people that came to Jerusalem. Those people that came from all these nations, they, did, they had no expectation of a visitation from God or some kind of a spiritual explosion that would happen in that city and in their, ultimately in their own hearts and in their lives. But God had a spiritual explosion waiting on them. And it would come through a few people, a small group of people, who would be the first to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that feeling brought new life and a new beginning to the whole world, as it was. And, and before we go on with the message, again, I just want to encourage you guys that you might look around and say, well, This is, you know, we got holes in our walls. We got a bathroom that. Uh, that if kids want to, they can see you on the toilet because of the holes at the baseboard. it would only be kids, I hope. I mean, this this is not much of a place. And when I look around, I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing mostly millennials who are trying to figure out how to do life, having your first kids, just getting married, just thinking about getting married, just trying to get married, Just trying to, for some of you guys, trying to find somebody that'll marry me. You know, people would, if I were to take a picture of you guys and put it on the internet and say, spiritual awakening's coming from this, people would say, really? They wouldn't believe it. Man, a few people, 120 people gathering in an upper room changed the world because they we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we need that. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to let the Holy Spirit have his way in our lives and walk with God in our lives with, and let God's word permeate our souls and be, be lived out. Let us get to know him in a way that causes us to be so enamored with him that we glow, literally, with a love for God that's real and personal and that, that overcomes and goes beyond uh, our circumstances. So there's a new beginning that happens here in in the book of Acts at Pentecost. And beginnings are powerful. You know, think about your first involvement in something new. Whatever it is, get something in your mind. There seems to be purer passion when you've when you got something new, right? Something new on the horizon. You know, Paul right now is working on his, uh, you know, his, he's fixing. He's in the academy, fixing to go be a policeman. I mean, there's never a, pure, a time that's purer uh, than that something new uh, there's pure, pure passion, clearer vision, a heightened sensitivity, a greater openness to try anything, right? To move that organization forward, or to move that that vision forward that you have. It's a good a good word to describe that might be hope, right? Something new comes, a new beginning. It brings hope, and hope is gra- hope that's grounded in something. Hope is always grounded in something. It's, it's, it's grounded in something that's undeniable, something that you know is real. And then there's an experience tied to the understanding of, the, of that source. So like, for instance, my buddy Ryder McClung. I'll never forget when Ryder was working at the water uh, department and was tired of that job, and he was doing hydro seating on the side, and he was trying to make a decision. Am I going to go full-time? Can I do this full-time, hydro seating? And boy, once he decided that he was going to do that, that he was going to leave the water department and he was going to just do hydro seeding, man, he started put, dreaming dreams, seeing visions, you know, coming up with ideas of how to promote that business. And, it, and all of that dream was awesome. And those, that beginning was incredible. And he had a tremendous business. You know, I, I know there... Many of you that have had that kind of experience where the the vision's pure, you're passionate about it. There's nothing like a beginning. I remember John Gunner, when John was trying to figure out if he could start Word of Mouth Cafe in Alexandria and make enough of a living to survive, you know, that that he decided that it was time to do that. This is going to be a fresh start for me, and I'm going for it. It meant everything, passion, excitement, uh, willing to do anything to make that thing work. You know, all the drive that was with that was there. I'm sure, uh, Cassie, You felt the same thing as starting your business recently. By the way, we have a group from Ruston here today. Almost all of them got to show up today. Uh, we're gonna, we're going y'all get to meet them after church. But Cassie just opened up a, a brewery. What's in terms of mine is Utility Brewery in Ruston. Brand new business. I and mean, he showed me around the place the other day, and I thought, and he was t- showing me all the big stuff that was a part of his business. And, uh, and, and just the, all the things that had to go into changing that space and making it what it was, uh, it blows my mind to think about that. Why? How would somebody pull that off? It's because, man, a new beginning gives you something. There's something inside of us that, that, that's driven by something fresh and new. And, and I want us to think about that. The people that were gathered in Jerusalem had that. They had that. Once they experienced the the Holy Spirit and they heard the disciples speaking and they heard it in their own language, they had that. This new beginning gave them that. They had hope that was grounded in something undeniable. It was real. It was undeniably real. They heard these men speaking in their own language. We talked about last week. Uh, All these different languages. They heard, heard them speaking in their own languages. It was undeniably real. And then it was grounded in truth. When, when Peter stood up and addressed the crowd and answered their questions, when they said, what does this mean? And Peter stands up and he gives the gospel. Here's the truth. So they had something undeniably real that was grounded in truth. And we need that. We need that as a church. <clears throat> this community needs that. It needs a new beginning, something fresh. We need that kind of passion in our hearts. We need that kind of drive that moves us beyond our circumstances that seem to be overwhelming at times. We need that, that, that drive, that passion, that, that vision for the future that will move us beyond all the obstacles that seem to come in our way week in and week out because they're coming. We need that. Y'all believe that? Say, oh, yeah. So what happens? Look at it in Acts chapter 2. We'll read verse 41 again and 42, and we won't get past that today. This is our scripture passage for today. I mean, we'll use more scripture, but this is where we're staying for a while. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. All right, so what's happening here? First of all, 3,000 people, 3,000 souls responded to the message. 3,000 souls experienced a new beginning. 3,000 souls had a new origin in their life. And if we want to look at the origin of of a community that blesses, we need to understand that that it's going to be the Holy Spirit doing what only the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. And I believe that there's that waiting for us. It it was the Holy Spirit moving and working. It was pure. It was organic. And it was personal. It was was personal to everyone that was there. As we look at the evidence in the book of Acts, we need to rejoice in the fact that the Holy Spirit is, is doing this now here with us. As we look at this evidence, as we walk through the book of Acts, we see the evidence of, of a new start and a fresh beginning. We need to realize that the Holy Spirit is doing that with us now. So what happened? The Holy Spirit, first of all, filled Peter to speak the words. And we already talked about last week. We're not going to go back there. But the most unlikely person was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is still speaking today the Bible is clear about that the Holy Spirit has not quit speaking he is still drawing people Jesus said unless the Holy Spirit unless the Father draws them you cannot come to me the Holy Spirit is is speaking and he's bringing people he brought the people there I hope that the Holy Spirit is continuing to speak through me guys you need to know this about me I don't take lightly what I say to our church. I mean, most of you that spend any time with me know that that, that, that I'm very careful that the word that I speak is the word that God has for this body. That's why I took a little time this morning to say what God spoke today for, this, for you guys. And I know it's meaningful and useful for you because God gave it to me for you. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, that's that's necessary for us to have a new beginning. We need to hear from God, not from from, uh, an organization that has it all figured out and knows how to run things. Not from a a program that that seems to work. We need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Would you all agree with that? We need the Holy Spirit to speak to us as a body, to you as an individual, about what this is going to look like. And good news, the Holy Spirit is still speaking. He speaks through his word. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through other believers. He's still speaking. We need the Holy Spirit to bring people to us. The Holy Spirit brought people there. He brought, the Holy Spirit is is still, the Holy Spirit is still bringing people. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to draw people. I love what Jesus told the disciples in his last moments with them in the upper room, And in the garden scene, somewhere in that scenario, Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 15, verse 26, when the counselor comes, who I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit is testifying of him, and he's not talking about through us, because in addition, he says, and you also, in addition to that, must testify, for you've been with me from the beginning. The Holy Spirit is still testifying. The Holy Spirit is still moving. He's still working it, it, without us. The Holy Spirit is already working in this community. And, and as I said last week, I believe this, the, that this community is pregnant with hope for something that's beyond what they've experienced. I believe that there's a, literally a spiritual baby that's waiting to be born. And people don't even recognize that, that they're, that they're empty and they're dead, just like the people of Jerusalem uh, that had gathered in Jerusalem from all these nations. They were without hope. And I just believe that the people in this community, God is already prompting their their hearts and their spirit to receive the word that he has from you and from me, from the Gathering Place Church as we live our lives out in this community. I believe it's already there. In Ruston, I think the same thing's true, or we wouldn't be there. I believe God's called us there and called our group together because he has something he wants to do in Ruston. That the Holy Spirit's already begun, and he's just waiting for, they're just waiting for us to also testify. In addition to what the Holy Spirit is already drawing in, it's been so fun to watch that happen in Ruston. This past week, we were drinking coffee. Now, this story is for everybody you see in this, in this, that's with us today, and everybody who's not with us. They've all been put there by the Lord, and there's a story for everybody. It's amazing. But this past week, I was at the coffee shop, and I was drawn to this guy, don't know why, uh... But uh, I thought I knew him at first when he walked in, but I, I, don't, I didn't. But on the, I was about to leave, and at 15 minute, in 15 minutes' time, this is what happened. I'm walking by him, and he has a utility brewery sticker on his computer. I didn't even know Cassidy had those because he didn't give me one. And, but it said utility brewery on his sticker. And I pointed to it, and I said, I said, I said, you, uh, utility brewery. And he said, Yeah, man, I love that place. I said, "Do you know the owners?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, Casting and Courtney." He said, "I said, uh, yeah." I said, we're, "We're we're doing a house church together." He said, "Really?" He started a conversation. The guy is from Rain. Those of you that don't know, that's my hometown. He's from Rain, uh, and so how rare is that? Let me just tell you, I never meet anybody from Rain ever anywhere. <laughs> People from Rain don't leave Rain. <laughs> All right. He's from Rain. He's a uh, professor at uh, Louisiana Tech, which and he knows uh, knows Jake Dugard, who's one of our members of the house group. And I said, uh, you know, I said, do you, do you know Jake Dugard? He said, Yeah, I know Jake. So he's in our group too. He said, Really? Starting to get excited. He said, and then I said, I said, my wife and I teach also. We teach at Louisiana College, and I'm adjunct. She's full time, and I teach at LSU. And he said, uh, he said, one of my colleagues uh, went to Louisiana College. I said, well, if you know, tell me who. Who it is, I know him, because the college is small. He said, Beth Christian. I said, we taught together at Louisiana Tech. Mike LeBlanc. Beth, remember Mike? (laughs) So we had that connection. I said, well, she's also in our church. And then it just went on and on. And just the connection was just incredible. And he said, man, this is crazy. Something's up. I said, yeah, you're right, something's up. And he, he said he'd been to a house church, and he loved it. And he's now going to another church, but he wanted to come. And so he and his wife and kids hopefully will show up next Thursday at our, at our group. What is that? It's, it's not us going out and trying to use whatever methods we have to draw people into a building so that we can count the numbers and say we've got something successful going on. It's not that. You know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people to draw us together, to build a group of people, to bring about a group of people for a new beginning, for a fresh beginning, for some people that have the ability to be able to have the hope of God put in their heart for something that will touch a community. We need that here. We need that in Ruston. We have it. We just need to take full advantage of it. God has drawn you here, those of you that are part of this church. And some of you have been visiting, and God is drawing you, or he's not drawing you, and it's fine either way. Because what we don't want is for people to come here so that they can feel good about being a part of something or or whatever. We want you to be drawn here by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is still drawing and working. And he does in this case. He's still bringing people. And we need to to join the Holy Spirit and testify. And then it says in this passage also that each person was cut to the heart. And the Holy Spirit still cuts. He still cuts to the heart. Also in that scenario with the disciples, in those final moments with the disciples, in John chapter 16, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He said, I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. This is John 16, 7 to 8. I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit still cuts. He still convicts. He still, sh- he still makes us feel the need for a relationship with Christ. He still does that. And we need the Holy Spirit to do that. We don't need to be the Holy Spirit of people. Y'all with me say, oh, yeah. We don't need to hasten that along. We don't have to need to to hurry along the process of people getting saved. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to do the work. The only way this fresh beginning is going to happen, a real beginning that's pure and organic, is going to be when the Holy Spirit draws and the Holy Spirit cuts. And we just speak the word, whatever word God gives to us to speak, and it will be enough. We don't need to be nervous about that. And so they were cut to the heart, and what they do? They ask, what do we need to do? And people are still asking. They're still asking. If they encounter, listen, if people will encounter the Holy Spirit, I don't care where they come from. They can be an atheist. They can come from total disbelief in God. And when they start seeing the Holy Spirit working and moving in somebody's life, and it's authentic and it's real, and, they, they, then they will be, and they're cut to the heart, and they will be drawn to, to ask questions. And we're going to be baptizing Walker here in a few, few weeks um, when it gets warm enough. Who is that guy? That guy coming from disbelief, atheism, seeing Christ in, in a friend's life, being drawn and starting to ask questions and desiring God and walking through this process. He's been with us for over a year now, I guess, seems like. He finally made a decision for himself. We didn't have to push that. We didn't have to press that. Matter of fact, we were, we, he never told anybody until we asked that he had received Christ. But you can see the change in his life. You see the desire that he has for God. Listen, something, that God wants to do that in this community. He wants it to be real and authentic and organic. And so all of that that, we, that they experienced was real and personal. And this is how authentic Christian community is formed. Now, Jesus told Peter it would begin this way. Whenever it began. This is authentic, an authentic beginning. For our Christian com- community. And, and, and Jesus spoke this. In scripture. This. Community that we're reading about. And looking at. Was a result of childlike faith. That came from pure. Innocent hope. In the Holy Spirit. I love what Matthew Henry's commentary says about this. I I got it up here for you to see. He says in these verses we have the history of the truly primitive church. Of those first days of it. The state of infancy indeed. But like that, the state of greatest innocence. There's the purity of the church submitted to the Holy Spirit right there. Great description. No wonder there's so much talk in Scripture about having childlike faith or being childlike. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 27 says, At this time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We need to quit complicating the gospel. This great explosion happened from a simple presentation of the gospel. It was not complicated. There wasn't a whole lot of theological truth that had to be laid out in order for these people to receive Christ. It's childlike faith. It was pure. It was based on the experience that they had with the Holy Spirit. This church explosion came out of childlike faith in the simple gospel. And though there's nothing wrong with debating over theological truth, and hear me clearly on that, we need to be careful that we don't become like the Pharisees who Jesus is addressing here in Matthew chapter 11. Who, who the wiser they grew, the further away they became from any type of spiritual, spirituality. Further away they came from, uh, the further away they were from God and the further away certainly they were from any kind of spiritual awakening. Wisdom united with pride is not wisdom. Wisdom united with pride means we won't see God. So keep that in your your head and in your heart. Particularly those of you who are studying in in our Christian Studies Department at Louisiana College. Keep it in your head and heart. The wisdom that you need is not a wisdom that's tied to pride. You need God's truth applied. You need to experience His truth in your life. Take it and put it into your life and live it out. Simple childlike faith. That simple childlike faith comes from God only to broken and repentant sinners like these people at Pentecost. Jesus said that that would be, this kind of belief that comes from God, from the Holy Spirit, given to a pure, broken, repentant heart would be the kind of faith that he would build his church on. It's the one thing that Christian community would be built upon. It would be the origin of a community that blesses. Look at it in Matthew chapter 16, what Jesus says to Peter here. He says in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, not Peter, but upon this rock of your confession, this rock, this truth, this solid foundation of truth, the gospel, that I am the Son of God, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it this is the foundation we're looking for. We're looking for origins of a great movement of God. We're not looking for a formula or a pattern, but what we do need to understand is that it has to be based on every person in this body's true, organic, personal touch from the Holy Spirit. Where your life has been, you've been cut to the heart and you've responded to God by giving your life to Him and and believing the simple gospel and responding to it we need the same thing to happen in our lives. And if it hasn't happened in you, it needs to happen. Today's the day. Why wait? If God's drawing you, respond to Him today. Believe, put your faith in Christ. Let Him redeem you. And not only did the 3,000 souls experience, each of them, a personal beginning just like this. And not only do we need to experience that, but uh, there was an all consuming hope that began to drive them. They had pure passion clearer vision, heightened sensitivity, greater openness to try anything to move the organization of God forward. All of that was born out of individuals having these personal beginnings with the Holy Spirit. We can't do that. It can't be a few of us. It needs to be all of us together as a community moving forward. We need to have that, this pure passion, clear vision, heightened sensitivity, openness to anything that the Holy Spirit would lead us to do. The Holy Spirit now had direct, unhindered access to 3,120 plus souls. Unhindered access to individuals that had gathered. And so what would he do? What would he do now that he had this unhindered access to all these people? He drew them together in unity of purpose. And he poured himself into them with no resistance from them. And as we look over the next couple of weeks uh, or as we continue this whole year really to look at what happens when that beginning is true for an organization, for a church, for a group of believers. When that beginning is true, and we've all had our own experiences with God and we are determined and passionate to walk in this, whatever it is he has for us. As we look at that, we're going to find characteristics that are part of every pure spiritual community. We're going to see what it takes, I believe, to become a community that blesses. And I want to close with just this this verse that we've already read. Make a couple of points and we're going to move on, okay? So what happens? Initially in this in this experience or this new beginning, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, everybody was filled with awe. All right, now don't get nervous. I'm not about to preach that verse. Okay. way too much. And probably, probably we will have four sermons on just the, the, that just verse 42. But I want to, I want to share this with you guys. Listen, there's no shortcut for a church to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, filling them and empowering them to change the community. There's no, there's no secret to the church as a whole doing it other than each individual needs to have that beginning. You've got to have it in your own life. You, you need to ask yourself the question, am I allowing the Holy Spirit to fill me personally? Because the only way the church experiences this is when individuals do. There were 3,000 unhindered souls that, that the Holy Spirit had access to, and now a world's about to be changed, and the very first thing that they do is in unity. They come together, without having to be told, with no formula. There wasn't a pattern that they followed. They came together, and they devoted themselves. And I'm going to stop with that today. They devoted themselves. First of all, they. Everybody get that word? Does everybody know what they means? I means it's, it's not the 120 anymore. It's the 3,000 that were just saved. They just encountered the Holy Spirit. They had just received the Holy Spirit. They had just been redeemed by the blood of Christ. They had just received salvation through his blood. And now they, this 3,000, the people that had an authentic encounter with God, those people that the, that the 120 uh, answered questions to, that the Holy Spirit had drawn together, the Holy Spirit had cut to the heart, the the Holy Spirit had given Peter the words to speak, the Holy Holy Spirit had had brought them to a point of asking the right question. The Holy Spirit did it all. And and they responded. They, now, were devoting themselves to something. And so I want to close with this, church. We're going to be a church a community that blesses. Don't turn me off, okay, because this word's important. We're going to come back to it later. But they devoted themselves. Literally, the word means, that word devoted, a a good Greek, solid Greek uh, explanation of that is they attended constantly upon these things. They gave constant attention to these things. The Holy Spirit was, was, leading them and guiding them, and as the Holy Spirit had control and unhindered access to 3,000 believers, they are all drawn to the same things, and they were drawn in such a way that they were, un, they were uh, constantly committed to these things. They, they weren't committed on Sunday and not committed on Monday, they were constantly, all day, every day, not, not perfect at it, you'll see that as we go through the book of Acts, but they were. Committed to it, devoted to it. They were devoted to community. And all that the Holy Spirit was going to define community to be for them, and he will define that for us, they were committed to to it, constantly devoted. Man, I so desperately want this world, this community to be blessed. I want want central Louisiana people to have what you have. I, I want them to experience what you've experienced. I want them to experience what I've experienced. But we... We can't just put up a billboard and it happens. It's going to be you being these people who've had a new beginning, walking with others who have that new beginning, and us coming together like we've done the gathering place for over 10 years or around 10 years. Coming so, we're we're so tied together that there's never a descending vote on anything that we ever vote for. So tied together that I've never had somebody come up and say, man, I just really disagree with the way y'all are doing things. Not one time in 10 years. I mean, if they do, they don't stay. And God leads them somewhere else. But God's drawing together a group of people who have the same, the same characteristic. The Holy Spirit is moving us and drawing us. And so we want you here if the Holy Spirit wants you here. We don't want you here if he does it. We're not, our goal is not to fill the seats that we have. Our goal is to be this kind of community with, a, with a, an origin that will... Cause calls us to be a community that blesses. I hope that's your heart. I hope that speaks to you today. I hope that you find yourself today being a part of they and a part of the, those that would constantly devote ourselves to this cause of Christ. If you are, buckle your seatbelts. You think we've had a time so far? Wait, buckle your seatbelts because there's a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about that's going to literally change the way you do your life. If we're going to be devoted constantly to these things, then, then there's going to be a lot of stuff that we see the church in Acts doing that God's going to call us to do that's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge your finances. It's going to challenge your time. It's going to challenge your, your view of what your, of what your vision is for your life. It's going to challenge your thoughts and ideas about church and how to do community with people. All that's going to be challenged, and we're, I'm asking God to do that in me. I hope you are too. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that, um, that you have given us words today that we can live by. And God, now I, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to help us to make the application that we need to make. Lord, let, don't let, don't ever let the time that we spend here together on Sundays in your word be a time where we just get good feelings and walk out and leave what we've heard in, this, in the sanctuary. God, please today, do you work in us, those of us that call ourselves part of this gathering place and those that you would draw into this this body. I pray that you would put a a devotedness in our hearts for your cause and your call for us. And Lord, that you would give us a, a new vision. God, that you would grab our hearts, Lord, not just put a vision in our heads, but Lord, that you would grab our hearts and, Father, that this would be a powerful beginning that would give us purer passion and clearer vision and a heightened sensitivity to your spirit and greater openness to try anything and to adjust our lives, Lord, to anything that you speak to us with childlike faith so that this cause that you have for us would move forward. Give us hope today, God. Give us hope. Satan wants to steal that away. Help our hope to be grounded in what we know is undeniably real. And that's your word and your son, your spirit. Help us to experience you in ways that will will heighten, Lord, for us, our resolve to be the church you've called us to be. God, we pray for spiritual explosions to happen around us. For your kingdom's sake and for your name Mm -hmm. to be glorified in this town. In Jesus' name.